Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
Secret Affair, kicking off January's Searching for Soul. How are you? I hope you're all well. It's, it's really nice to, to be back on the airways with you. We have an absolute belter of a show, if I do say so myself. We have an interview with Detail Magazine's Claire Mahoney, and it turned out to be quite a mammoth interview, but do you know what? I had to keep so much of it in there. I've really, really tried to jam-pack as much music along with the interview into the show. It really is going to be an epic two hours. So please stick around. Next up we have the tips with another shot fired. Search for prey Like a shadow figure On a lone dark alleyway Do you think I'm watching Keeping you inside Like a vampire on the hunt Too thirsty for a bite Oh, I'm coming I'm getting closer Reaching for my weapon now Another shot fight Another shot fight Another shot fight Another shot fight So careful, like a spider weaves her web. You may think you know the game, but I'm one step ahead. See, I know that you're watching, but I know that you can't tell that you're under attack, my darling. You're under my
great track, great band, um, really great album. I'd love to see them live. So, January, how was it? Did anybody attempt the, the dry January or, or veganuary or whatever kind of crazy fads we've got going on for January now? Um, if you're in the, the chat room, say hello. If you're still up in the UK, say hello. If you're not sitting down to your dinner or late lunch in the US, say hello at chat.faceradio over on Discord. Next up, we have an absolute belter, belter. I don't use that word enough, I don't think. Belter of a tune from Man for High. I got rhythm all in my shoes. Soar from having the blues. taste of soul. I say catch a little taste, a little taste of soul. Way before you grow too old, we can all have a little thing and grow. You can come and ask me cause the show ain't no. I've got rhythm where it's supposed to be. If you want to catch a little soul like me, come on baby, come along with me and catch this little taste of soul. I said if you want to get a little taste of this, you gotta be ready to about getting too old. I've got rhythm where it's supposed to be. If you want to catch a little soul like me, come on, baby, come along with me and catch a little taste of soul. Woo! All right. Yeah, baby. Cause the show ain't no I've got rhythm where it's supposed to be If you wanna catch a little soul like me Come on baby, come along with me And catch a little taste of soul It's alright Come on Oh, early in the morning I'm giving you warning Come on It's alright It's alright Yeah, yeah, yeah Absolutely love it, man. That gets the juices going. 9 a.m. in the morning here doing a pre-record. Two cups of coffee in. Yes, we are ready. We are going. Next up, we have uh, a B-side from uh, my favourite Motown act of all time, Diana Ross and Supremes. Here it is. (laughs) 
B-sides remind me of a quote that I heard from Noel Gallagher when he wrote The Master Plan. Alan McGee says, wow, this can't be a B-side, it's too good. And Noel's reply was, I don't write beep songs. There you go, Motown never fails. Next up, Bubba Zah with Yeah Yeah. Thank you. 
picked up at the end there, didn't it? Yeah, I liked the ending of that track. Uh, so yeah, first four songs in was all Sisters and Soul uh, kicking us off on January's Searching for Soul. We're going to move things on to a different kind of feeling, different vibe. We're going to go over to the, the man, the myth, the maverick, Mr. Ray Charles. <laughs> Unchain my heart, unchain my heart, baby, let me be. Unchain my heart, heart. cause you don't care about me. You got me sort of like a pillowcase, but you let my love go away. So unchain my heart, oh, please, please, set me free. Unchain my heart, unchain my heart, baby, let me go. Cause you don't love me no more Every time I call you on the phone Some fella tell me that you're not at home So unchained my heart Oh please set me free I'm under your spell Like a man in a train But I know darn well That I don't stand a chance so unchain my heart, let me go my way. Unchain my heart, you worry me that day. Why lead me through a life of misery when you don't care about a beat for me? So unchain my heart, oh please, set me free. Under your spell, like a man in a trench, you know darn well that I don't stand a chance. So unchain my heart, let me go my way. So at the top of the show I had mentioned uh, our guest for January and it is none other than the editor, creator of Detail Magazine, Miss Claire Mahoney and Claire did not disappoint, she was so good to talk to, so very interesting and uh, just a really really nice lady uh, that loves mod modernism. Um, so yeah, let's go over and pick up that chat. My next guest is the editor of what is, I would consider, one of the finest modernist magazines on the market. Yeah, get a big thumbs up there. <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Claire Mahoney. Claire, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. And thank you for saying that. It's very kind of you. But that's what I like to hear. This is why, this is why we do what we do. Yeah. Well, do you know what, Claire? Um, I can say that because 
next to me, I have all seven editions of Detail really? Magazine. Yeah, yeah. So I actually buy the magazine. So I, I, I can say that I think it's one of the finest and um, it, it, it's substantiated. It, it's not waffle. You put your money where your mouth is. Yes, I'm, I most, most, most certainly have. And it's been worth every penny. Excellent. Have you got issue one? Yeah, I have issue one. You've actually one of the, yeah. Not not that many people have got those. Well, there, there you go. I've, I've, yeah, that's the collector's item. Aye. I'll be right on eBay getting evaluations. Let's let's talk about detail. Um, well, we launched um, just before we went into a pandemic, which wasn't planned. But um, the idea of the magazine I'd had for, I reckon, a couple of years, really. I mean, I've worked in um, magazine publishing for about 30 years now, um, but not really writing about things that I wanted to write about. I mean, I mainly worked as an editor, um, and I love... I love magazines, I love putting magazines together. So I just wanted, I think you get to a, a point in your life where you think, well, I want to um, do something creative. I want to put my creative sort of talents, as it were, towards something that I really care about. So this seemed like the perfect opportunity. And I think um, publishing has really changed now. Um, I mean, as you'll see, there's so many books about mod that people have self-published, you know, that probably wouldn't get a look in. Um, with a traditional publisher and it's the same with magazines um, you know we were always reliant on picking up a magazine in WH Smith or if someone published a, a mod fanzine back in the day you know you pick it up at a gig or a do um, but obviously now we've got um, the internet um, <laughs> good or bad um, and we've just got a way to reach those readers so it just seemed like a great idea really. Yeah, I mean, like you say, the, the internet is one of those ones. It is great when it's good and it does have its its hindrances, but, you know, it has allowed so many kind of like cottage, in, cottage industries, if you yeah. will, to, to to spring up and, and, and spread their wings. And, I mean, for me, that's the kind of... That's what modernism is. It's people forge, forging forward and... Now try to try to run with something different and with something new. Um, so I, I for one, am really glad that you've you've took you took that jump. Um, ep- episode one, <laughs> issue one was lodged just before the pandemic, um, and obviously the pandemic was so detrimental. They they kind of creative industries, creative arts. A lot of bands folded, musicians struggled, but you guys have came out of the other end of it and been very successful. Was there ever a time during that kind of period where you thought to yourself, this isn't going to happen? Now, it's, it's like we've done what we've done one magazine and it's just not going to happen? Or was it maybe the the flip? Like, no, we are going to make sure that we have this, this coming out and kind of drive forward with it. Well, um, I thought about it, you know, and I kind of had a business sort of plan in my head for about two years um there was nothing else really like it um and also the kind of the age group that we reach I mean 80 percent of our readers are 45 plus you know as much as we want younger people to read it and get into mod that's just a fact just because 
you know, just because of the development of mod itself, you know, from the 60s and then the revival. So those are mainly our readers. And we knew that just as the way that vinyl has grown massively, that it's kind of the same, that that generation are used to read, picking up magazines. They grew up with magazines and the music press, you know, and, um, and mods typically are kind of collectors of things. They like beautiful objects, and I think you know a well-produced magazine, well-designed magazine is a is a kind of lovely object in itself, you know. So, um, so I spent, as I say, I spent about two years planning that and thinking, you know, that I really believed that it could work. Um, and then we hit the ground running. Really, we we launched a Kickstarter campaign, which is a great way to test the market. And the first issue, the print run was only a thousand copies. The first issue sold out within a month. Um, and you literally can't get them. People keep asking for issue one now. Um, I've only got one copy myself and that's got a coffee stain on it. So, so I genuinely do not have any other copies of issue one. Um, yeah, so we, we just hit the ground running. And I, I think the pandemic did probably help us because... Um, Everybody was working from home if they were still working or people were doing Zoom calls like this, you know what I mean? So people just want to get away from screen time. And I think that's what's what's happened really is that that we're, we're constantly glued to our computers for everything. So people just want their downtime to be, you know, a kind of analog experience as it were. So I think it it worked from that point of view, but I don't think we're just a pandemic success. I think we're a success because there was a bit of a gap in the market, which is a bit of a cliche, but there wasn't anything like it out there. Um, I think we've kind of, I think maybe just because we've got a bit of a background in publishing anyway, um, we were able to kind of produce something that that looked like a proper magazine and that wasn't just a fanzine. There's nothing wrong with fanzines. Fanzines are great, but I think it was just kind of maybe doing something that was, you know, the mature end of the, the fanzine that had kind of grown up with the people, with the readers, you know, because we were all more mature now. So we, we wanted a product that was a bit more mature mm. and considered. And I think that, I mean, I'm just looking at the covers here for a start, right? And you can tell just by looking at it that it's been carefully thought out, it's been planned, and you know, no pun intended, but there is an immense amount of detail in it. And you know, for being being a modernist or being a mod and, and having that kind of that way of thinking, details everything. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you really have to have That's faith right. in, in the details, pay attention to the details, and it's that's what I think sets it out it's now it's it's like ron seal it does exactly what it says in the tin there's there's a there's immense uh, immense attention to detail and you know it's not just like you slap some 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 targets on there and pictures of some scooters or whatever it, it i mean okay issue six there's, there's a guy sitting on a a, a beautiful i'm going to say that's a lambretta yeah um but it, it, it's not just now stick this on it and call it a mod magazine it's kind of encapsulated so many aspects of of modernism there's something in there for people who are going right back to ronnie scott's in the 60s free button suits listening to jazz 
all the way through to your revivalist. Now, the latest ones is a, a great piece of artwork, eh, eh, Jimmy, sitting there looking extremely paranoid. <laughs> um, <laughs> so and that that covers right through to like, maybe like your mod revivalists. Yeah. But what really, really gets me, and I'm I'm really into, and I think you guys have done a great job on it, you've went with Mark Baxter and Eddie Piller and now Steve Craddock, I think, has wrote and um, all these kind of guys, but you're also giving a voice to a different generation of modernists. And for me, that's probably one of the, the best things about this magazine. Yeah, that that's always been a um, really important part of it. I mean, it's a really it's a really difficult thing. It's not an easy thing to do. You know, I mean, being um, an editor of a magazine basically is about making a million tiny little decisions that no one notices. Um, I mean, like you talk about the Jimmy cover. Um, the first, we knew we wanted to use a piece of Jay's art to go on the cover. We really like using artists and showcasing artists that have been influenced by mod or modernism. And I, and I was thinking, well, what image are we going to use? We had a selection. And uh, I thought, I didn't actually want to put Jimmy on the cover. So I spent like <laughs> about two weeks looking at this picture, thinking, is this going to work? Is this going to work? You know, and it's funny that your instincts, your initial instincts always aren't um, the best ones. Um, and, and now I've just grown to love it and it's my favourite cover. It's not, it was nothing wrong with the image. I absolutely adore the image, but it was because it was Jimmy. And I thought, OK, does this mean that we're going out and out revival here? But then I think that image from the film speaks to so many of us on so many levels because we kind of grew up with that film. Um, and the way that Jay's painted that image, it just says so much about that kind of, like you say, the paranoia, the confusion about being the mod, you know, the kind of, it, it, just, it, it just encapsulates, I think, that feeling that we used to have when we were young, do you know what I mean? Suited and booted or whatever but slightly unsure of ourselves. So I think it just speaks volumes. But going back to what you said about um, having younger people in there, it's really important as well to have um, new reference points. Um, like you mentioned earlier to me before we were recording, you mentioned Tom Hoy, who's a great advocate for um, young people or younger people in the scene. I say young, because he's probably not that young at all, actually, but he just is to us. Um, and, you know, the, the fact that he's got that, he's really taken on board that kind of Ivy League style and carried it forward. It's a world away from the revival style. I mean, we were really, I think, mod revivalists were just really rubbish dressers, really. I mean, the stuff that I used to wear um, is quite shameful. But we were, we were just like sort of punks and parkers, I think the phrase is really, because but that was our era. So it's great to see um, people like Tom carrying it forward. Um, and just getting really into the kind of nitty gritty of the clothing and going back to jazz and exploring that. Um, and he's he's just a great advocate for it, really. And also David Pottinger before him, he's been, you know, around a while with his Move On Up blog. And they're just really passionate. And I think that's the thing, you, you know, whether we like it or not, as we get older, we can get a little bit jaded. We can get a bit, you know stuck on our ways um whether we know it or not so it's so important to get people that have got a kind of wider view and are still really passionate and hungry about things to, you know to have their voice coming through as well 
Uh, definitely, and um, it can take you down different avenues that you might have never explored. So, yeah, take David for instance. David started off with the, the kind of the, the 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 proper the mod cut, and he was he's Fred Perry's and he's Parker, and now he's grown and developed. And David's ethos is like, it must keep evolving, keep moving. He's very into the kind of football fashion. Yeah, football factory sign of modernism, and it's definitely it's a branch of mod. The same way, it's, it suits him though. It suits yeah. him that style. Yeah. He's found his own style, and that I think is the key to it. It's not about oh, I've got to have this, that, or you know, it's not about ticking a load of boxes. And I think that's why I get so frustrated when you see on these forums people going, "That's not mod. This isn't mod." Well, it's whatever you want it to be, you know. Um, it's not about following a particular code. There are things that we're all uniquely drawn to or like um, that are familiar to all of us, but you've just got to make it your own, you know. numbers aka the who there with zoot zoot a great little two minute bop that one so from a band who became mods to mods who were in a band and in my opinion they were of that era and now the, the whole mod bands now in the 60s these are by far my favorite it's uh, small faces Shut up. 
So of the Small Faces were my favourite kind of sixties mod band. The next band they are running a very very close second. Uh, but in terms of songwriting, I think we're probably probably well above. But in terms of tunes, I think the Small Faces just 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 edge it. But you know this next song is it just paints so many pictures in your mind. The imagery, it's it's fantastic. It really can transport you back in time. So, without any further ado, here it is, The Kinks with Waterloo Sunset. nothing better than walking over the bridge at Waterloo Station and singing that song in your head. But 
the last time I was there, it was absolutely freezing. So it was <laughs> it, it wasn't quite the same imagery I'd imagine that Ray Davies had when he when he penned that piece of genius. So next track, um, an early interview I heard with Paul Weller. He says what a loose sunset inspired him to write what he he was trying to create a modern modernist love song. And when I first he, when I heard that interview and then went back and listened to this track, I was like, yeah, I get it. I see what you're trying to do there, Paul, and I like it. And it is the same. It paints such an amazing picture in your mind. And it's one that I just absolutely love. Here it is. This is Out of the Sinking.
slice of mod heaven there with the Who, Small Faces and Paul Weller. If you're in the chat and you want to say hello, say hello. And if I'm still awake, <laughs> uh, um, whatever time we're on now, maybe 12 o'clock at night, I will say hello back. But right now we're going to go back to our conversation with Claire and we're talking Ace Faces. Obviously we're talking about the digging the new breeds pun very much intended um <laughs> but you've also had now you've had plenty of now ace faces and for anybody who well any everybody can't see that because this is radio i'm doing the old dr evil inverted commas there you've had some <laughs> you've had some ace faces writing for the magazines now some really kind of great writers great musicians artists and just just fans of mod in general um is there any kind of standout articles or writers? Yeah, loads of them. I mean, hats off to all of them, to be honest, because um, I kind of think of the magazine a bit like, um, <laughs> I kind of like to think, um, I'm like Paul Weller in 1983 going, right, I want to get a collective of people that kind of get what I'm on about, and then we're going to make great music together. But we're just going to make a great magazine. Um, and that's kind of what I've got. And I, I kind of quietly call them the detail collective. Of, and they're just, you know, people like Eddie Pillar. It's just fantastic. And Eddie's such a great advocate of the mag. He's so behind it and so enthusiastic. And Mark Baxter, um, just so grateful to these people. And Jason Disley and Jason Brummel. I mean, I don't want to miss anyone else. And of course, our contributing editor, Graham Lentz, who's just been brilliant from the start and so supportive, um, and he's just great sounding board for me. Um, so yeah, we kind of live and die by these contributors, really. Um, and we're getting loads of great people in. I mean, people like Lois Wilson, who writes for Mojo. I mean, she's a great writer. Um, and Tim Vickery, um, Tim's just written a fantastic article on Italian cinema. Um, from the 50s and 60s and Tim's just it's just a joy to read his stuff and of course Ian Moore I think is probably you know one of I mean he was the first writer that I got in I, I thought right I need a columnist and I need someone funny who can write about mod and it had to be Ian Moore and when he said yes I thought as soon as I got Ian I knew others would follow from there and he kind of sets the tone of the magazine I think up front with uh, with his column because I think that's probably the first thing that everybody reads um, and and I like the fact that it's also Ian, you know, he takes a swipe at Mod. You know, he's not too up his own arse. He'll just take the piss out of it, but in a kind of intelligent way where it's still quite kind of educational. So I just think Ian's brilliant. Um, yeah, I hope we've got a kind of nice mix, a nice mix of um, music and comment, a bit of comedy thrown in. And a bit of, you know, history. We've got these different sections in the magazine, like heritage, icons. So there's always a nod to the past. But then also, um, you know, we like to feature new music as well as as well as older stuff. And obviously style is a is a major factor with the feature that we've got sometimes always never where we ask people what's in their wardrobe. So, again, that's not, you know, that's not to be taken too seriously, really. We don't want to be too serious, I think. Some people think maybe, you know, we're a bit up ourselves, but I don't I don't think we are really. I just think it's a celebration as of everything that we love about mod. Great stuff there from Claire. And remember, 
be sure to check out Detail Magazine. They're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, uh, and I'm pretty sure if you hit them up on Google, you'll find them as well. Um, all the editions, bar edition one, are available. I highly, highly recommend getting into it. And while we're, we're doing some plugging, the Face Radio has some fantastic merch out right now. T-shirts, slip mats, pin badges. If you head on over to at the at thefaceradio.com on um, all the socials and stuff like that. You'll find it all there. It's all great stuff. And it's a way that you can now support the station and have something tangible in your hand as a, to, to show for it. Because obviously radio, the cost of putting on it on radio is going up and up and up like everyone else in the world. We want to keep bringing you amazing content such as this. Here is Lulu. Bit of the beat scene for you. You've been telling lies and lies I cannot tell it in your voice Lulu had man absolutely it, like, where does it come from you ever look at some some singers and you think how can you generate such a voice like that fantastic we're going to go back and we're going to have a bit more revival here we go the purple hearts I'm going rounds and rounds in circles Just for thinking of this 
From the soul of Brooklyn, you're listening to The Face Radio. Hi, this is Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes and 66 Clothing. Smart shoes for smart people and inspired by legends. And you're listening to Searching for Soul with Graham Hallam on The Face Radio. Knocking on my brother's door. Eating spam. 
Imagine what that man would have created with a voice like that if um, he hadn't tragically left us so very early. Anyway, from one amazing voice to another and a record label that I will not stop shouting about. Uh, the big AC records have done it again with another great single this time. It's Carmi, Carmi Love, who is possibly one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. She's such an amazing, infectious laugh. Such a such a dirty, crazy laugh. Um, absolutely love it, and I'm so happy to see Carmi get more more music out there. Um, it's another great tune written by Mr. Corbin, and while we're talking up the big AC, I'd just like to say happy birthday, Sophie. Hope you have a good one. Um, this is Carmi Love with In the Morning. Sleepless nights after wasted days. I'm too uptight and something has to change. I'm sick of sleepless nights after wasted days. Shouldn't be so easy.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Great track there. And if you want to hear any more from the Big AC Records, uh, as well, the Big AC Records over on Facebook, Instagram, and the Tinter web. Go and bash it into Google, and I'm sure you'll find it. So we're going to go back again. I told you, I told you, this was a mammoth interview. Um, I just just didn't want to get rid of it because I thought it was all so interesting. Uh, we're going to go back to our chat with Claire now. This for me is a great sounding board it's a great educational kind of tool because there are people who will go out and push the boundaries into something new the trailblazers people who will say i'm going to wear this and set a new trend i'm going to listen to this music and people will follow i've got absolutely no qualms with saying i'm more of a follower i'll look at what other people do and i'll take wee pieces from it and then try mm-hmm. and mold it into, into me or just what i like for me and i don't think there's any harm and admitting that, no, that, that is why I like this magazine because that there's some bits in it that's for me, there's some bits in it that's not for me, and mm. there's but there's always as something that you can go read an article and um, somebody will say a brand of a clothing brand, I'll go and look that up, or mm. a, 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 an older band or a newer band, and you know it's. Um, it's really, it's really great for that. I mean, I know you says earlier on, it's like it's not about being a mod, isn't about ticking boxes. No, but this opens up a lot of boxes. I hope so. I hope so. I think you know what you said about um, not being embarrassed to say about taking things from other places that you like. But then I think mods are like magpies. We like shiny things. <laughs> we like. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know we like picking off things that you know and putting them together we're just taking the well obviously I would say that because it's the sorts of things that I like but just you know taking the best of film and the best of music as we see it you know I mean like I love jazz music you know jazz for me is just the perfect distillation of what mod feels like now it wasn't when I was 15 it was listening to sound effects that was the perfect distillation. I think that's about that thing we talked about about moving forward. It's not it's not fixed. It changes and it changes with you. Um, and I think the people that are passionate about it and just love it, um, it is part of them. You know, they they kind of live and live and breathe it. Everything that they from what they wear to what they listen to, with what cars they drive or scooters, whatever if they've got a scooter, 
it's, I don't know, just what they love in life has always got a little bit of a modernist edge about it. And and the, and I think sometimes it's really nice when you look back on your life, which, you know, as we are probably in that age group now that we do, and, and you think, oh, oh, yeah, I was into those sorts of films, but you never realised that there was something, anything particularly modernist about it. Um, but there is, there is a connection, or there's a literature that you were reading, or, you know, the fact that you ended up, I never really thought when I got first got into jazz, for example, I didn't really understand, you know, in my late teens, the connection with mod in the way that I do now. I just liked it. It was just a natural path. So I think we can overthink these things sometimes. So in broad terms, I'd like to think that the magazine was just a celebration of all the things that we like and we love and we like reading about. And there's still more to learn. Yeah, I think the fact that admitting there's always something new to learn. I mean, I love like how you says you started off at, at sound effects and you ended up in jazz. And these putting these wee things in your life with that modest mod modernist Jizo with a modernist edge. I love that. I think that's I think that's a, a really, really great statement because it's it's for me it's reassuring to hear somebody else say that because when I picked my car, I was like, that's a piece of me, that's a wee piece of a wee piece of mod of obviously my scooter every day with my clothes and I it, it's it's just really uh, refreshing to hear somebody else say that and you start realizing I mean there's that quote by Quadrophenia I don't want to be like everybody else. Technically, okay, being a mod, you don't want to be like everybody else because you're looking for that next thing. But there's also that kind of collective reassurance that, you know, there is people like you and think like you. And I, sorry, I just went half on one there. No, it's true. That's why, I mean, you know, it's like Smiler's book, you know, with the, the phrase, you know, the, the new religion. It is like a religion. But what we don't want in our religion, and we don't want dogma, you know, where everybody kind of feels they've got a toe a line. It's um, it is about you know being a part of a collective, which is really nice, and that goes back to my youth, you know, when that's what drew me to it in the first place was that the fact is I found people that liked the music I liked, and then I found that there was a way of expressing that through the way I dressed. So you know, I could wear something, and people knew what sort of music I liked. Mm -hmm. what I was wearing and to me the most important thing was what some you know I didn't this sounds awful but I didn't particularly want to be friends with didn't like the same music as me <laughs> because that's all I wanted to talk about I just wanted to talk about music and so I could just basically show what what I love just through the way that I dress without even ever having to talk to anybody and then strangers would nod at you in the street because you know they would be wearing a pair of desert boots and you would be pair wearing a pair of, well, unfortunately, I'd probably be wearing a pair of like horrible Brutus, Brutus gold star jeans is really narrow, um, really narrow and tight with a pair of loafers and the Harrington because <laughs> that's what we wore then. But it was still at the time, it was still kind of, it was still kind of mod. But they knew, that's the thing. He's they knew. He's both knew. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And also I loved I loved being a girl and being a mod because there weren't many of us. 
you know, there were girls that would be just dressing like their boyfriends because their boyfriends were into the same thing. But so it was nice being kind of one of the few females that was really serious about her music. And uh, I had a great um, collection of 60s music that I kind of inherited from my uncle who used to stack um, jukeboxes. So my driveway at home was just full of scooters because all the boys used to come around to my house because I had all the all the music, all the originals, you know. Um, yeah, so I really, I've always really liked that. And I'm still kind of doing that again now, aren't I, really? Editing, <laughs> editing a magazine that mainly goes to men. So but I quite enjoy that. Dynamite there from Kevin Fingier. Fingier. Every time I say that name, I say it different. I think the guys get every time I play a track, he's got, he's got a different surname. So he has. Um, yeah. So we're gonna gonna mix it up now. We're gonna play a bit of Black Pumas, and the Black Pumas have had one album out since I've came to be aware of the existence. Re-released must be about seventeen times, man. And uh, as good as some of the music on it is, you know, write some new tunes, guys. Come on, the people want it. <laughs> 
put that one out to my good friend Mr Jim Parrott who has uh, single-handedly funded the next Black Pumas record by buying all of those said reissues. I'm only jesting Jim, I hope you're well. So if you like the show, if you have been listening, uh, why don't you give us a little follow over on Instagram or on Facebook and you can find us at on Instagram it's at searching for soul underscore podcast. Um, I'd love to hear from you because this is obviously a pre-recorded show, it goes out because of the time of a slot and so I don't really get to interact with as many people as I would like to and I just like talking to people, sharing stories, finding out new music and you know just any, any kind of general feedback on, on the show, what do you like, what don't you like, um, it's, it really helped me to, to improve the, my my product. Now, I'm doing the old inverted commas again. Nobody can see because this is radio. But yeah, fire us a wee message on Facebook or give us a wee follow on Instagram and let us know what you think. Um, it's always nice. It's good to talk, as the old um, mobile phone advert would say. Anyway, enough of me talking. More music. This is P.P. Arnold. Together free. 
love that song, written by uh, none other than a Mr. Steve Craddock. Uh, went to see Miss Arnold in 2019, I believe, in Paisley. Um, I'm going to call it the Spaghetti Ten. I've no idea how to actually pronounce, or I don't even know what the actual proper name of the, the tent that goes up. It's like a big circus marquee. It's a really, really great uh, venue for for live music. Um, yeah, so we're going to go back to, we've got two more small installments of a chat with Claire. Again, like I says, I just didn't want to leave anything out because it was so cool. I understand that this is probably a bigger interview than anyone has been used to before, but again, feedback is always welcome. If you like the longer kind of style interviews broken up throughout the show, please let me know. If you think it's just too much and you just want to hear music or my dulcet East End of Glasgow tones, you can let me know. Again, you can drop me a message in the chat, chat to face radio, or you can send me a wee message on Instagram at searching for soul underscore podcast. In terms of like mod music, what can I pull you in? Um, Secret Affair, the Glory Boys album. I was about 13. Um, yeah, definitely that. That album just is incredible. They were the best mod revival band as far as I was concerned. I don't class the jam as a mod revival band. They're just something else. So, yeah, definitely Secret Affair. And then um, I discovered the jam uh and they were they were my band really um but obviously because i was into the mod thing i was listening to the who and all the usual stuff um that mods of the time listened to and then you know you went back and started listening to the small faces um and the kinks really got into that and then obviously had the help of oh right let's explore some 60s music um we we always had my mum was a big Motown fan anyway, so we always had like the Motown Christmas album in the house. So I was kind of familiar with that sound, um, which I really loved. But having access to these records, I mean, he literally, my uncle literally came around with a plastic bag um with about 150 45s in. There were stacks in there, Atlantic. There was a couple of old Northern Soul rarities in there as well. None of them had the centres in. So uh, I just spent a lot of time just trying to stick those centres <laughs> into the middle to make the records play. But yeah, there was there was also you know kind of Mersey beat stuff in there. But um, that that was um, that was my introduction to the kind of sixties side of things and to Motown and uh, soul music, you know Sam and Dave, Wilson Pickett, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, and then um, I was never really into like bands like the Chords or um, Purple Hearts. That wasn't really my thing. It just they just didn't do anything for me. I found them a bit kind of punky, really. Maybe because I didn't come out of that punk era because I was too um, young. And I think you know it depends when you kind of get into mod. So I wasn't into that at all. And I wasn't into um, the later revival sort of bands. I wasn't into like making time. I found it all a bit too thin and a bit too poppy for me. Um, so by that time, I was just um, listening to probably about 17. I kind of got a bit psyche, started listening to 
love and also um, I'm a big kind of R&B lover of R&B and so I suppose that led on to um, listen to things like Cream um, and then I started listening to Neil Young so you did ask for a journey you're gonna get a <laughs> um, yeah so kind of later later 60s um, more heavy stuff I think I'm a big I do love my guitar music even though I've said that I didn't like the Purple Hearts and the Chords because they were obviously guitar bands but um I just found, um, I don't know, they just did, that music just didn't inspire me really in the same way. As you know, I'll I'll have a dance and a nod my head to it. I like it for what it is, but it didn't um, it didn't really speak to me in the same way that the Jam and Secret Affair and the other other music did. It didn't. It wasn't soulful enough for me. Do you think musically there may have been a bit of a kind of vacuum in towards the, the maybe say the, the late 80s, very early 90s? Because um, when, when I speak to a lot of people who go into mods at about the same kind of time, they, they do seem to kind of come away from it, as they say. Yeah. But it's, I say vacuum, actually, that's the wrong word. Um, no, I think it's the right word, actually, because we... I think a lot of people did leave. I mean, there was obviously famously some a, a split anyway about eighty six, when in terms of the mod scene, obviously you know it became more of a scooterish scene, and kind of people that considered themselves as mods or not you know not rude boys not into tutor not into that kind of got left behind, and I think a lot of people ended up going into a bit more into psychedelia um, and just looking for other avenues. Um, and I think there probably was music around then that would have appealed, but maybe it just didn't reach us for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, but if there was a vacuum, I think it was only for a couple of years because the 90s were like a flipping golden era for mod. Even though I didn't think of myself as being a mod, I was a massive indie music fan. You know, I'd religiously buy The Enemy every week. Um and I was into all sorts of things like, um, you know, wedding present. Um, I mean, I say David Gesh is a bit of a mod, you know, a bit of a mod haircut. I was into My, my Bloody Valentine and um, the, the Pixies, a bit of, a, you know, a bit of American um, guitar music. But, you know, also in the UK, I mean, look at bands like The Lars. And look at the way they dress, you know. So I don't really like the term Britpop because that came a bit later. But when you think of those early um, guitar bands, like um, there was a band, I don't know if you remember then, I think from Liverpool called The Real People. Um, you should check them out. Some, they do some great stuff. Um, yeah, so Cast um, as well. There was so, so much great music around that time. And the way that they played was so obviously influenced by the 60s beat groups and the way that they dressed so even though at the time I didn't think it was mod particularly I think it was yeah really I definitely kind of that. I, well that's I think that I like to call a lot of these bands like sons of mod I look at I look yeah. at modernism like a tree you know yeah. it's, it, the seeds and the roots are, are in Soho right which we all know that part of the story but then 
there's so many branches and offshoots of it. And you find things like James Taylor Quintet, a lot of acid jazz stuff, corduroy, all that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and then um, like the bands that you've you've mentioned there. So like, if you listen to the Laz, you could listen to them and maybe aesthetically it's not quite tying up with what you'd consider mod. But then yeah. would 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 you look at now Sam Cook or Miles Davis or these guys and say, oh, they're mods, maybe Miles Davis because of the way you dress, yeah. but but the mods copied them. And like, Marvin Gaye was not writing music for mods. He was writing music for Marvin Gaye. So that's when people say, Corduroy, that, that, that's no mods. Or Blur, or Oasis. It is because it's a direct line. You can trace it right back through their musical influences. Maybe it doesn't line up visually. But it's mm. like you say, musically, it is there. Yeah, I mean, and that and that is the thing about mod i think that's exciting there's no such thing as mod music i mean there might be in a cliche sense in terms of the revival because obviously the way that the mod was then people go oh yeah they were a mod band but i don't think there's a such a thing really as mod music and if we start saying that when we're just going to end up going down a black hole but there's lots of music that mods like just there's lots of other, there's lots of clothes that mods like I and mean, it goes back to what we said at the start you know it's about there being something in either a style of dress or a style of music that appeals to you for some unbeknown reason to me, you know, you just don't know. You just get it. You either get it or you don't get it. Yeah, I think that, you and know... that's the joy of it, I think. That is the joy of it. It's just It just gives you a feeling you just think, oh, I like this. I'm not sure why I like it. There's an aesthetic about it that I like, whether it's the sound or the look or the feel of it. That you like um you can't always explain it but if you can explain it then you probably probably get a bit boring really and you yeah. lose that interest I, I think the fact that you can't explain it makes it better it gives it that that element of mystique something that's yeah. otherworldly and pulls you in you know martin yeah. martin freeman i seen an interview with martin freeman and he had a great quote and he's like i'm greedy with mod anything yeah. that i consider cool i consider mod and yeah. i was like you, you are a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was absolutely spot on with that. And it's just about, you know, absorbing all the things that you really, really love. Um, yeah. So I, I feel that I moved away from mod, but I don't think I moved away from modernism, if that makes sense. No, totally. I totally agree with you. I feel that, so my kind of gateway drug into modernism was Britpop. I first mm. heard Oasis and then I heard Ocean Colour Scene and then I heard Paul Weller. Mm. And I didn't realise that all of my life I'd been listening to these bands, Small Faces, The Kinks, Motown, because my mum was playing them. My mum mm. had all the sevens and would play them, her man. And I didn't realise that I, the connection. Mm between mm. all these bands and I started really getting into obviously the whole Britpop thing and then everything had to be a parker and a bit of swagger and I had the haircut and then as you start developing I'm like I, I, I wouldn't really say I am a mod in the mm. sense of I mean I still have my parker I still have a scooter you know but I'm into jazz I'm into different kind of clothing and, and, and a different kind of outlook. So I think 
again, it's really cool to see that people will say, I'm still a mod, but I'm more of a, a modernist. Mm. Mm. I think also um, in my late teens, I mean, like you mentioned about football. So whatever is in, um, whatever's in your life, there'll be things that you'll pull out that will be kind of related to mod if you're, you know, that's your bag. Um, and at the time when I was doing my A-levels and then going on to university, I was studying um, art and art history. And of course, and also with literature, I was reading a lot of modernist literature like T.S. Eliot. I mean, modernist in the pure kind of lit literary sense of the word, you know, the modernist period, and also modern art and getting into reading about pop art and kind of kind of that historical cultural background to mod things that were going on around um and just got really interested in those but I it's nice to look back now and see that as part of the whole package of my interests you know but I think you know that sort of style the pop artist I mean it's part of my art exam I did I got a load of billboard posters and on the back stuck them all together and then did a recreation of a Liechtenstein painting you know but I wasn't going around thinking oh yeah that's really mod the time. It was just something I liked. So for anyone who has been with us since the, the early days of the Mixcloud podcast, early days, last year, um, one of the, the guests on the show was Jimmy James of Delphine Lamar, Organ Trio, True Loves um, and many other projects. Jimmy has since decided that it's time to step back from DLO3 to concentrate on other projects and I thought just to show a wee bit of appreciation and I know I've played it before on, on other shows but it's um, it's still a very very fun favourite of mine and it's what first made me discover Delvon Lamar Organ Trio and in fact Mr James's guitar playing so this is a cover of Curtis Mayfield's Moving Up and it's live from KEXP, this is Dale Von Lamar Organ Trio.
brilliant version. Um, I'm going to stick that one out to my good mate, Mr. David Pottinger, who does the Move On Up blog. Um, been relatively quiet of late, but you know what? He still does. When he does write, it is definitely, definitely sitting up and taking notice of. Um, David recently wrote a review on the Stone Foundation's new film of Mono Media. Uh, Rise Above It. Jesus Christ, I was absolutely stumped there for the name. Uh, myself, Searching for Soul, will be presenting a live screening Q&A and performance with, of the film with Niels Jones and Sheesby and Mr Lee Cogswell of Mono Media. So that will be here in Glasgow, March the 23rd in Room 2. Tickets are selling very fast. There's not a lot left. So if you want to get a ticket, you want to come along and see that one-off, very intimate experience, go on to Instagram and you'll see a link for the tickets there. Uh, they're 12 quid. Bargain price. Absolute bargain to see something like that. Um, with that said, let's listen to one of my favourite Stone Foundation singles. Here it is. <laughs>
absolute unbridled joy that track fills me with unreal man um even it's it's actually it's it's beaten by a live performance so if you haven't uh, got your tickets for our screening in glasgow i highly recommend that you get on it and stick around stick around for february's show because there will be some interesting stone foundation content coming your way but I am not going to bust the bubble on that one just yet. You'll have to, you'll have to wait and see. So we have our, our last instalment of our chat with with Claire, and it's, it's it's a very brief, it's a very brief one. But uh, thank you very much to Claire. You were fantastic, and go buy Detail Magazine. That's all I can say. Let's go into the kind of the musical past. Let's talk about the the musical well present. And not so distant future. You mentioned to me um, before we started recording. I was asking you what's next. What's the the kind of next steps with with the magazine? Sometimes people don't want to give too much away because they like to hold, hold their, their cards close to their chest. But you did tell me that there's something interesting you would like to some information yeah. you'd like to divulge. So yes. divulge away. I will like to divulge that. Um, yeah, Stone Foundation. The, brilliant, brilliant band, um, have got their 25th anniversary this year and they've asked Detail to produce a special magazine, a bit like, you know, like Mojo magazine, they do like these kind of collector's editions. So we're going to do a detailed version of this just on Stone Foundation. So it's going to be Stone Foundation in retrospective, um, looking at their career over the last 25 years with interviews with some of the the key collaborators that they they work with and stories from fans. Um, it's going to be great. So we've just started working on that and hopefully that's going to be um, coming out at the end of the spring. Um, and yeah, you can buy copies on the detailed website. The, the link's not up yet because we're not that far ahead. But yeah, so I'm really excited about that and I'm really chuffed 
that the um, guys have, have come to us because they really like what we do. So, and then in terms of the next issue of detail, because we're quarterly now, we went quarterly last year, um, coming out in the in March. What we've got, we've got Andy Fairweather Low in as our big interview because he's got um, a new album coming out. Um, and as I said, we've got Tim Vickery talking about Italian cinema. Um, we've got um, we've got a piece on uh, Gina Lodabrigida, who sadly passed away this week. Because I thought, well, if we're going to go for the Italian thing, let's go the whole hog. Um, yeah, we've got some we've got some really good really good stuff coming up, but I'm not going to give too much away. So for anyone who hasn't purchased a magazine and would like to go back and look at previous issues apart from issue one where can they where can they find you guys um they well they can find us on all the usual social media channels but to buy it we have an online shop um it's detailmaguk.com and you can buy as i say back issues apart from issue one but if you subscribe to the magazine which we'd obviously like you to do um you you get access to kind of online digital content, so you get to see a digital version of issue one if you haven't got it. Thank you, Claire, for a, a great interview. Really enjoyed that one, and I hope you did, the listener. Thank you for everyone for tuning in to choose to choose these to January's <laughs> searching for. So I will be back the fourth Tuesday of next month, and with rumours rife, the fires are now being stoked of a possible Oasis reunion, I thought, who better to play us out than the band themselves. This is Oasis with the shock of his lightning. Thank you very much and goodbye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.